0: All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, talking sports with you for the next couple of hours Glad you are with us as we come your way each and every Monday through Friday from 10 until noon. Coming up on the program, we did a lot on Iowa yesterday. Iowa State uh, in the spotlight today. Dylan Montz from the Ames Tribune will join us. I know that the Cyclone Tailgate Tour continues. Yesterday they were in Knoxville so we'll uh, we'll get the latest on the Iowa State doings with uh, Dylan Montz football and basketball wise and maybe facility wise as well as uh, Pollard. Uh, that was seemingly one of the biggest Talking points to come out of Knoxville yesterday, so we'll get the latest with Dylan Monts coming up here in about 20 minutes or thereabouts. Uh, Vinnie Iyer is going to join us at 1045 for a couple of reasons. A he covers the NFL for the Sporting News, and you can always talk NFL 52 weeks out of the year. So we'll do that with uh, one of Sporting News' NFL guys, but he was also a contestant on Jeopardy! Uh, He's a Northwestern grad. He's a brilliant guy. He really is. Mm -hmm. Very smart guy. He
1: won a day, correct, on Jeopardy? I think that's right. I think he was both in the college tournament when he was at Northwestern and also normal Jeopardy, if you will, and won a day there. I don't know how he did in the college tournament. I think that's right, but I love talking Jeopardy with him.
0: Yeah, well, look, at if anyone has any insight into what this sports gambler is doing... James Holzer, uh, Holzer, pre- Holzer, uh, what he's doing. I, look, I don't watch the show. I, I'll be honest with you. I don't. Why not? Watch. I don't. I'm watching sports.
1: About at three thirty in the afternoon. Is that
0: when it's on? I didn't even know when yes, it's on. Is yes. that when it's on?
1: Now I got it on the DVR. I've told you that in the past. We DVR it every day, and that is our... And you play the
0: game, yeah. Yep,
1: right at the end of the evening, Mm -hmm. uh, and that's the last thing that we watch, and usually my wife dozes off to bed, and (laughs) I finish, and I always beat her, because she's sleeping, and then I I get a smile on my face and go back to sports. Cindy and I used to play, when we first met in the mid-90s,
0: there was a pizza place in West Des Moines. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I can't remember this. at it university? Whatever the main... street, what street's the high V on? Well, there's lots of high Vs. All right. Okay, the... um, and, and there's the, 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 the soccer bar is in that kind of that complex. The newish, newish, nah. I mean, right, right by the interstate over no, no, on the civic. No, it, it backs into that street that backs it, uh, to railroad. Oh, over that way, over by Grand. Yeah, yeah. So it's Grand. That's, yeah. that was, that's the street I was looking for. Grand. Thank you. And there was a pizza joint there. Corsos. Corso like Lee? Joe. Joe Corso Okay. So he's cousin. So you never made it there. I guess it was no. a West Des Moines.
1: Institution for years. See, when I moved to West Des Moines, and well, I, when I moved here to town, I lived in those apartments right there, right in that area that you're talking I, about. I know exactly where you mean. There's and a whole was, bunch of them. Yes, Limey's yep. was the Limies Irish but yes.
0: That's what I'm referring to. That, okay, that, uh, yep. and there's a chicken coop over there, there. Is yep. That's so. Yeah, that that's grand. Anyways, um, we used to play. Wheel of fortune. Wheel of fortune. Huh? I you know, that's, Are you a solid,
1: solid Wheel of Fortune No, part? no, no. no. We're just, you know, Not one of your strengths. No,
0: absolutely not anyways. I don't know why, but uh <laughs> why but did has over there. You never got there. That's too bad. No. Boy, it was good. Yeah. I mean, this the, the it, when we started going in the mid 90s, I mean, they were old. Mr. and Mrs. I think it's Corso. Okay. Uh, but boy it was good. Anyways, yeah. uh, we digress. So Vinny Iyer, who is a Jeopardy contestant, pick his brain on, you know, what this guy is doing. And I guess there was some, uh, I saw some Twitter yesterday on there. There were some contestants that this kid has, and he's not a kid. He's in his thirties, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that he has knocked out, um, if you will, or, or defeated in the game. And they're, I don't know if they're, they're,
1: they're not taking it well. Yes. It's, he is playing the game a different way. He's right. doing and it differently. they th- kind of think that his borders, along, um, you know, he's taking
0: liberties. I mean, how can he cheat at that game?
1: He's not cheating. He's getting the questions right. He's good with the clicker. You have to be good with mm-hmm. the clicker. You can come in with a game plan, and there's plenty of people that have come through throughout the years trying to do it similar fashion, but you have to be able to get in there. You have to be able to get those daily doubles to... The money that right. he's been and, making. And when you go for the the big money question at the bottom,
0: you have to have the right answer. Right? You're going to lose <laughs> yes. that money. So I don't know. But I saw some Twitter on it yesterday. That's one of the reasons I wanted to get Vinny on. And we'll talk some NFL. No, of course we will. Yes. Yeah, there's a lot going on in the NFL. And um, we will talk to Vinny about that. And then Zuba Mehente in his regular spot on Tuesday at, at 11.20 or thereabouts is... Uh, we will um, clearly talk a lot of NBA. Is that Zubin's wheel? Well, he's got a lot of wheelhouses. Zubin's really intelligent. Try you know stump the Schwab was was a very it right. uh, was a very popular show. Stump Zubin, yes. Try that one day. That's it's not difficult. easy. Yes, he's really really. I mean, he's a brilliant guy. You know, I tried to get him to come here. You did. Yes. Who left to KXNO? Yes, uh, I think it was after Peralt before Brinson, and. I don't know why at the time that I thought maybe ESPN and Zubin weren't destined to have a long because He was in Denver. He left here. He went to Denver mm-hmm. where he worked for, I don't know, probably a half a dozen years, maybe more, maybe closer to 10. Um But he used to fill in here on Kotler and Company. Oh, really? Yes. I never knew that. He used to fill in for Larry when he was still at WI when he was back in town. and And I didn't even know if I was here at the time. But I can remember thinking, my God. This guy's fantastic on the air. Yeah, and when I'm going to say Peralt left, because um, it wasn't after the f bombs. Mm-hmm. It, was, it wasn't that quick. It was. It had to be when Matt left before that we hired Brinson. Um, I reached out to Zuman just to see if there was you know any interest on his part and giving up TV and you know because I'd love to work with you. I, yeah. I thought it would have been a really good pairing, mm-hmm. um, and he could carry my you know what because he's brilliant. Yes. But uh it didn't work out at the time. He I mean, was it was appreciative, I think that I reached out and it never got beyond that point. And we didn't you know, I didn't have him, you know, reach out to Joel and start because I have no idea what they were gonna pay. I right. you know, I didn't have um that pay grade, if you will. <laughs> uh but no, it didn't happen. Anyways, uh, Jim Brinson did. <laughs> <laughs> well <laughs> set the bar. <laughs> you said it at Behente. And settled for Jimmy B. You got Jim Brinson. Yeah. That's a, we get about Jimmy B. We had a blast with him. In fact, we'll talk to him at next some week point. before the finals Next probably. week before the finals, which, by the way, did you see the, the schedule came out? Now, the NHL will start the Stanley Cup playoffs on Memorial Day. I don't know if it's a day game or a night game.
1: It's got to be a night game.
0: It does it, though? But NBC loves those day games on uh, in the. But not on Memorial Day. When's the day. Indy 500? Sunday. Sunday, yes. It has Probably, to. probably so. You
1: yeah, can't put that so. up. No, you're right. I mean, you got picnics and you got camping, you got everything else. Yeah, you, people are getting back to their TVs by Trent, Monday. Have you night. seen the forecast? It's supposed to rain until a week from Thursday.
0: Really? There's no sun. The next sun on my iPhone yeah. is a week from Thursday. Well, it's supposed to warm up tomorrow at the very least. Yeah, it is. It's supposed to warm up. Yes, that that's true. But I don't know about these picnics. <laughs> that ever, and, and there's camping trips that everybody's got planned. Not going to be happy? I just, I, I don't see it. I'm I in really trouble.
1: Am I going to be in trouble for baseball tomorrow night?
0: Oh, you got a game tomorrow? Game on the schedule.
1: Yeah, I don't like your chances. No. So where are the good. Cardinals
0: tomorrow? Day uh, game? Day
1: game, yeah. So this must be a two-game set. Yeah, a little quick two-gamer against the
0: Royals. Mm-hmm. So that, that'll uh, open up the airways for you to do high school baseball. You did what, you did? Uh, Lincoln Valley yeah.
1: last night, game two of the double dip? It was. Game one went to Valley. They won at 7-4, and Lincoln got them in game two on the road. Nice road victory for them. Uh, new coaching staff there in their second year, so a building block process certainly there. Really like that Lincoln team. They, they competed hard. It was a cold, cold oh, night, I though. I, I've, I've sweated plenty of times, and the way the press box at Valley sits... So which way does it face? It looks to the west, and with it, you get that setting sun, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's and it tricky. gets hot mm-hmm. up there in that press box. Not last night, though. You were wishing for that last night, I bet. That right? I was. So the wind was blowing right in? It was whipping in. It was a chilly, chilly... Probably the coldest high school baseball game I've ever done. <laughs> uh, but it goes to Lincoln. What time did you get done? Uh, 9.30ish or so. So you got home for about, what, the third inning of your Twinkies? Yep, yep. Uh, Basketball get... was, well, they went to overtime, so you yep. saw some of that. Saw that, saw the extra innings of the Cubs game, saw them blow the lead and then give yeah. up a, a tie. And Did you see the, five, uh,
0: the, uh, the game tying, the blown save, Brock's blown save? Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. Not I'm mean, not killing him. That ball just found a way to drop over Rizzo's head. Yeah. It was it was a mistake. I mean, he got his bat on the ball just enough to... I mean, he's, he's a right-handed batter, and, and he was so far behind that he, um, the ball went over Rizzo's head and just dropped in fair territory, tying run scores. And as you mentioned, uh, Real Muto would end it, or at least would uh, give them the lead, and then the uh, bullpen would end it in the 10th inning. But uh, a weird game. The the Cubs caught you a huge break. Descalzo was credited with a triple. There was commu- a miscommunication. That yeah. was what, in the... I don't remember what inning was in late seventh or eighth. I want to say, uh, in that game last night that, uh, that they were able to put up sixth, uh, the three spot to, to take the lead four three, but, um, the little league homer. It it kind of was, wasn't it? Yeah. When, when in fact, I I think uh, Deshays mentioned that that's a little yeah. league home run. I think he did that in the call last night. So the Cubs uh, let one get away. What what my takeaway from the game was last night was um, a couple of things. A. Baez didn't play. Mm-hmm. It's a different team without him in the lineup. Clearly, and, and uh, Jake Arrieta back at Wrigley Field for the first time. And, and good for you, Cubs fans. Good for you, uh, for giving him a standing ovation. You could see it build. You know, we walked into the batter's box for the first time and there was a few Cubs started, few Cubs fans started giving him a nice applause and then a few of them stood up and it just grew and grew and grew to eventually Darvish would, Darvish would walk off the mound and, and let his, you know, the, the, the pitcher that he's, the starter that he's up against have his moment. Mm-hmm. And it was a really good moment. And Arietta doffed his batting helmet and looked at all different, um, Areas of Wrigley Field, and he was appreciative, and the fans were appreciative. And that was, uh, that was a nice moment.
1: I didn't get to it late, so I didn't get to see Darvish outside a highlight. good, last night, Was he? He was. It was his. Look, the sixth inning got him. Uh, again,
0: wasn't, it wasn't like he was, um, throwing up gopher ball. He had a couple of walks, and the walks came to, to bite him, uh, in the inning, but he wasn't bad at all. Um, you know, the walks came in the sixth inning through the first five innings. He'd thrown way fewer pitches. Than, uh, than Jake Arietta had, uh, but it was just that sixth was his bugaboo. And he
1: got through six. He got through six. Which is a, an upset in its own right. I mean, yeah, no. we, we've done over-unders on mm-hmm. you, Darvish, and we usually put it at, what, five, five, five and, and a third? third.
0: Five yeah. and two-thirds, somewhere in there, if you feel pretty good. But, and uh, usually I take the under. And, and usually <laughs> the Miller Casino would have been uh, right. when put, uh, funding your account. But, no, Darvish was okay last night. In fact, that's his last two. Mm-hmm. um you're encouraged if you're a Cubs fan. Now he and still, really his last three.
1: The, the was start it the before, last three? He only went four in that one, but only gave up one. Threw a ton of pitches. though, He That's did, it. but yeah. had seven strikeouts. Uh-huh. But he's building. It feels like
0: and eleven strikeouts in his not last night. He had seven, but the start yeah. before that, eleven.
1: I want to say yeah, twenty-five over his last there three starts. That's so not bad. It feels like maybe we're trending towards the Yu Darvish. You were well. You're getting the walks under control. Mm-hmm. You mean the,
0: the 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 start that you mentioned three back. He walked a lot of guys. Six guys. Six guys. In the 11 strikeout game, don't think he walked anybody, he did didn't. he? You're right. And then last night he walked three, but two of them went inning in that uh, ill-fated sixth where he gave up the three spot. But he was good. He was Encouraged,
1: good. I think we could say. I agree with you. That's a good way to we've put seen, it. We've seen three solid starts. Uh, uh-huh. There's kind of one thing that you may be knocking each and every one of them, but uh-huh. heading in a positive...
0: And they couldn't find one, certainly in the 11 strikeout game, couldn't find something to knock. Last night, really not bad either. Now here's my question. Here's my question well, about here tonight. Be my knocking that
1: 11 strikeout okay, game. Okay, go
0: ahead. He went five and a third. Yeah. <laughs> no a lot of pitches. Started, right, yeah. yeah. But he struck out 11. Yeah. Um He's still looking for that first Wrigley Field win this year. Isn't that crazy? It's nuts. It's nuts. Here's my question about tonight. Um, The game is on KDSM and ESPN. ESPN's got the broadcast. That's why the game is at 6 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Quintana's on the bump. ESPN's got it. So does KDSM. I purposely turned on the TV this morning before I left to check that out. Is KDSM back on the air this morning? Because it was
1: well, it's day to day we're working on it. If people missed it over the weekend hit by lightning.
0: Yes, hit by lightning apparently the transmitter took. Now, look, I get it. It's happened in radio a million mm-hmm. times. Um But now look, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. We're at le now I don't know if it went I I believe it happened on Friday or Thursday night. But we're still I mean this we're talking about a television station here. Right. I don't know what it takes, and I'm the last person to know anything mechanically involved. Tell but, me more, Mr. Engineer. Right. But don't you think that by now that we'd have this? Fi- we don't have KDSM yet. What is going to happen at 6 o'clock tonight is my question. Are we going to turn on ESPN? The game is blacked out in your area. Mm-hmm. DirecTV is going to tell you, he's giving to give you that error message. But we're searching for another channel. Right. The game has been found in your area. We're taking you to KDSM channel. And when we get there, are we going to see that message? We know we're off the air. No, no need to call DirecTV. This isn't a dispute. Mm-hmm. When we've seen that, you know, we've yes. seen the television, the, the network DirecTV fights or Dish or whoever, Mediacom has their fights over the year. This is a, uh, an act of God is what it is, uh, that, is uh, that has knocked him off the air. But will we be blacked out even when the station's not available? That's my question. Yes, yes we will be. We, You honestly think I there's no way KDSM can pick up the phone and say, look, these are extenuating circumstances here. We can't show this game even if we want to. Play the act of God card. Can you flip the switch and let Des Moines and Central Iowa watch ESPN
1: tonight? Would it kill you? They would say, "Sorry, those are our blackout rules. They are in stone. It is a contract. We are not allowed to show the game in Central Iowa, in Chicago." That's a disgrace. That's what it's going to be, though. I I would be incredibly surprised if that happens. I don't know who the head personnel it used to be. Mike Wilson for yeah, years over. Yeah, you he's here. Yeah, I don't know who it is you now. Know what? But I should have asked him that, but because I saw him this yeah. morning when I came in. Well, there there's a good question. There you go. Do that during one of the commercials. You know ranks. what I'll go- do. I'll, I'll I'll try and get him. Um, I'll try and get that info by eleven. That is actually, is that even a possibility? I don't know. I don't know. But I, I I'm like you. Because- what the now, Mike Wilson? Does he have that number? Does he have? Who you contact in Major League Baseball at ESP, whatever it is. And I wonder if his opinion has changed from when he was wearing the GM at You're KDSM
0: right, yeah. hat to now he's working over here. Should we, should you be able to flip the switch? To, when he was wearing the hat, it was probably, Oh, no, 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 we got to play by these rules. Now he's like us. I'm guessing, you know, show us the damn game. Right. So, so we'll see. But if that, if we don't get it, and I hope we do, um, because today is a six o'clock start. There's puck tonight, which is mm-hmm. I think going to clinch the uh, or, uh, punch the Blues ticket to their to, to represent the Western Conference in the Stanley Cup Final against the Bruins, where I give them no shot.
1: The rabbit hat, my rabbit foot is out of the rear ends of San Jose. You think? Yeah,
0: they're just they, they got three guys not got uh, significant injuries. Eric Carlson, one of their best players, is he's got a bad groin. He can already skate. Oh he shouldn't be on the ice. I mean I think he's hurting his team more than he's helping. He's one of the best offensive defensemen uh in the sport, quite honestly. Uh, but the Blues are going to get in. Their goaltender's been great, but Tuukka Rask's Boston goalie, he's been better. Um and that's what we're headed to. We're headed to Boston and St. Louis. St. Louis trying to win their first cup. They've been in the league since 1967. Boston trying to win well, their first championship for the city of Boston in weeks. Uh and that's what we're up against. And weeks. I think, and I think that that's what we're uh, that's the way we're trending. I think Boston will be favored. They have home ice advantage.
1: They would have to be happy, though, the NHL, about that series matchup, right? I would think so. Well, Yeah, you got the Bruins. Yeah, and and that in its own right is huge. It means a big market. It's an original six team. I'm not sure that moves the needle. I was listening to, I want to say it's Chad Finn. He's the... Yeah, he writes for the Globe, doesn't he? Yeah, he is their sports media guy Mm -hmm. for the Globe. And he was mentioning, locally, NBA playoffs with the Celtics, Mm -hmm. NHL playoffs with the Bruins. The Bruins, pretty much year after year, dominate the local rating. It's a huge hockey market right. It's I mean, a huge hockey market. I, I, it just yeah. baffled me. Well, look at look at the college hockey out there. Yeah, that's a good college. The oh,
0: Beanpot. Yeah. Pot. Yep. I mean that's that's a big. They've got Boston College, mm-hmm. um, Northeastern, Northeastern. There's a bunch of really good programs. Harvard. Yeah, there's another one, uh, in that area. So they like their hockey out there and they've, there's a lot of Massachusetts guys, uh, that are in the league. So yes, I, to answer your question, I think that they would like that. We've also got NBA tonight. It's the Raptors and the Bucks, uh, Raptors trying to even the series at two apiece. Boy, I don't, I don't like
1: them. I don't like them. Trey. No, in a game where, I mean, the combined shooting percentages onto really struggled. Mm hmm. Blood so. Yeah. Jones really had struggled. seven points. It he had eight turnovers. I think yeah. it was in the game. It was an ugly, ugly yeah. one. And Toronto needed overtime to win it. It can't feel real good. No. And even with that, I, I felt like Milwaukee, I told you on Monday, yesterday's show, that it felt like a few calls went the other way. Mm-hmm. Not feeling great about that.
0: No, I'm with you. It, uh, it seemingly, that was the situation. And and look, uh, Van Vliet was god-awful. Uh, he was one of 11. So you got to think that he'll make at least a couple more shots. Um Danny Green, likewise, he was atrocious. He was he was the same way. I mean, he made one of his shots. So I think combined they were 2-for-20, those two guys. Mm -hmm. And Ibaka was, I don't know what he did, he was 2-for-8. But look, he would think that Toronto would shoot the ball better, but at at the same time, Gasol had a really good game. And he he has not had very many good games. So if one of the Raptors steps up, does Gasol go backwards (laughs) and Milwaukee goes
1: home with a 3-1 lead? Nick Nurse, I think, did a good job. Siakam a guy that had been struggling going back to the last round. He had had some, he'd had some duds, and that's the guy probably you're most confident with that can get his own shot at times outside yes, of Kauai, Yes, and you don't have to. And Nurse had him cutting off screens because he wasn't shooting the ball well. Mm-hmm. So he got him going that way, getting him going to the rim. He was cutting off the screener and doing some different things. heard a couple of different NBA types that, that I, I enjoy, and they said, I think Nurse has had a pretty good playoff series here which is always great to hear from yeah. somebody I mean, outside here that. of Iowa. Yeah, think about that. A kid from he was, Carroll, Iowa. He was in England coaching basketball for almost a decade.
0: Clearly paid his dues. I yes. Mean, clearly paid his dues. Dylan Monts will join the program next. We'll get into Iowa State. We'll do that. Uh, we've got uh, Vinny Iyer coming up at about oh ten forty-five or thereabouts. Looking forward to catching up with Vinny. And then Zubin Mahente, who spurned me. <laughs> uh, it didn't mean like he made the right move and left you with Brinson and left me with Jimmy B. Zubin will join us in about an hour from right now. But time to go for the green. By the way, this is the last week of this promotion. Yes. We would love, love, love to have another winner in the building, and particularly on this radio station. Um it's your last chance. You've got what? Today's Tuesday. You got until the end of the Fanatics final contest will be what? Six o'clock on Friday. So that'll be your last opportunity. But uh EKG Golf and KX and O are teaming up. Text the keyword water to two hundred-two hundred right now. It's your chance to win a thousand dollars cash. That's water to two hundred-two hundred standard message and data rate supply. Miller and Condon are on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. 24 hour sports anywhere in the world on iHeartRadio. This is 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back, Miller and Condon. Portions of the program brought to us by FullerDental.net. Dr. Stephen Fuller, he's my dentist. If you're new to the area, if you've moved from one side of town to the other, you're out in Altoona, you're in Eastern Polk County. A couple of locations for Doc Fuller and his fine staff, 2822 East 29th Street in Des Moines, 410 8th Street Southwest in Altoona. Dr. Stephen Fuller, uh, again, fullerdental.net. More information, check out the location, fill out the patient forms in advance uh, of your visit, uh, fullerdental.net. Let's talk to Dylan Monts, Ames Tribune. We catch up on Iowa State, Dylan Trenton, Ken. Good to talk to you, Dylan Monts. How are you? Yeah, doing well. It's good to be with you guys. Good to be with you, sir. You know what? I'm starting to realize that maybe this, um, I should have, not that we didn't pay attention to it, but the signing of the Arkansas transfer, LaMichael Michael Petway, um, you know what? This, this is exactly what that receiver room needed, right? A little veteran leadership from a guy who's, you know, he done it. At, I mean, I don't know where you put the SEC. Most people have it as the best conference in college football, top to bottom, regardless. You know, the competition and the cornerbacks that he goes up against week in and week out. These are very salty. Um, this is, this is a really good pickup for this team. And I think that maybe, maybe you may underestimating what he means to this lineup, uh, come September.
2: Yeah, it was absolutely the type of pickup they needed just to give that group a little bit more cushion um, to work with guys and you know work the younger players in like um, Joe Skates or Sean Shaw or even give Landon Akers an expanded role because the talk all along is Matt Campbell and Nate Shielhouse, the wide receivers coach, and, and that offensive staff have felt good about the talent that they have there, but it's just a matter of not having the in-game reps, which are so huge because you can do it and simulate it and practice as much as you want, but when you get into games and, you know, uh, live rounds are flying and you're, you're trying to adjust on the fly a little bit, it's, it's a little bit more challenging. So getting a guy like LeMichael Pele, who uh, even though Arkansas was not a good team last year, he still led mm-hmm. them in receptions right. um, in yards. Uh, he had four touchdowns too. So having him just to kind of give that group a little bit of a lift and, and work alongside Deshante Jones and Tariq Milton and take a little bit of pressure off them, and then you have the tight ends in the mix as well, mm-hmm. uh, just having his presence um, changes the complexion maybe of what that group group can give you off the bat there
0: no, no doubt about it now, i i don 't know if you've had a chance to speak with him as as far as what his personality is. I saw that he he put it out on Twitter that he 's in names and he was looking for restaurant advice, so he seems like he's a personable uh kid. I wonder you know can you be because every position group in their meeting rooms there's that alpha dog right? I mean sure there's the coach, but there 's that you know that one player um in every group that that uh the rest of the guys look to for leadership for guidance i wonder if you can be a leader you know just knowing that he's only got one year to play that he hasn't been there in the past but he is the guy that's you know he's played more college football and caught more college uh, more passes uh than seemingly most of anybody else in that room can you be the alpha dog when you just get there for the first time
2: Yeah, it's a little bit of a delicate balance, probably, um, just to not overextend yourself a little bit, because they do have guys like Deshante Jones, who's the fourth-year senior. Mm -hmm. Um, You have Tariq Milton, who obviously had a big role last year and is going to be expanded this year. But I think he can bring different experiences, and um, that's just as valuable. And so I think it's probably an integration process where you kind of um, get get to know each other a little bit in the summer, and then once you get to fall camp, um, maybe you can have a little bit more, uh, a bit louder of a voice, and and kind of um, uh, you know, guide guide people that way. So uh, yeah, I don't know exactly what his personality is going to be like, but just having that that other voice to to bounce ideas off of or or different experiences because the SEC is is so different from the mm-hmm. Big Twelve, it's I think it's invaluable. So how that all plays out and um, once they get to fall camp is is, is going to be kind of an interesting wrinkle in, in tandem with um, whatever else they have going
1: on. Speaking of that wide receiver position, I think we kind of know what Deshante Jones is. He mentioned his experience. We've seen him make some big plays during his tenure with the Cyclone team. Tariq Milton last year kind of goes in there, I don't want to say out of nowhere, but for a receiver room that had a lot of experience a year ago, for a freshman to do what he did, I thought was really impressive, but a slot receiver, a guy that played inside a lot, uh, looking at his catches from a year ago, I think all but four came outside of the 40-yard line. He wasn't a guy that was a red zone threat or really inside territory, enemy territory when they started digging. How much more to the game can there be for Tariq Milton? Is he pigeonholed as just a slot guy that's you know going to average 12, 13 yards of reception? Or could there be some more big play possibilities out of Milton?
2: Yeah, I think the opportunity is going to be there for more big plays. Uh, and last year, because you had Keen Butler and you had Matt mm-hmm. Eaton, he was kind of um, relegated to the to the slot position. But I think he, it almost sounds like in talking to him and talking to the staff, he's a little bit more natural even on the outside. And, and that's kind of maybe interesting given his size. I think he's like 5'10", 5'11". So he's not he's not going to be a guy like um, Matt Eaton who was six four or Keen Butler who was six five, six six. Um, they're going to have to find different ways to, to utilize him on the outside. But um, I, I think he's he's one of the things that people have talked a ton about him is his speed and his his first few quick steps that can really kind of create separation. So I don't know if they're going to go to him necessarily a lot in the red zone and, and be that kind of threat, but I think if he can create that kind of separation, um, there might be some openings back there for him to to kind of create those big plays, and and that's why LaMichael Padway is so big, and he he's not um, he doesn't have the height of Matt Eaton or Hakeem Butler either, but he's six two, six three maybe. So it, it gives you a little bit more of a um, I don't know a lengthy lengthy guy out there that mm-hmm. can kind of help you, and then the tight ends as well that are six 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 seven. Um, that, that's that's kind of um, another part of it is that they could have an expanded role as well with all this.
0: You know, I'm sure seeing a lot of buzz surrounding the now two former Cyclone players, uh, in, in Hakeem Butler and David Montgomery. And this just isn't local. This, this is national. This is guys that follow the Bears, that follow the NFL, that follow the Cardinals, that follow the NFL in a national perspective, both raving about the, you no, know, sure, it's rookie camp. I get that. But now the veterans are coming in and these guys are still, you know, now they're going up against guys that you know that are going to make rosters in, in most cases. But boy, the love for David Montgomery and the love for Hakeem Butler shouldn't be lost on anybody. Iowa State had two really nice players that, uh, uh, left the year of eligibility on the table to uh, go get paid in the NFL and are both, I think, um, going to do the university proud. I think that both of these guys have a really good chance uh, to be impact players, and, and possibly as early as their rookie campaigns.
2: Yeah, I think that that's kind of where it comes back to. They've they found perfect situations for, for each of them. I think David Montgomery going to the Bears, especially with their need at running back, and um, some of the turnover they've had, and, and the offense that they like to, to run, where you can utilize his versatility a little bit more, and, and they have a solid offensive line there already. I think it's it's a really good spot for him, and he'll be uh, competing with Mike Davis and Tariq Cohen to be that feature back, so you could see him with a good chunk of the uh, uh, touches uh, uh, their percentages. So that'll be fun to see. And then Keem Butler, I think um, he obviously hasn't been shy about put his personality out there and right. and hamming it up a little bit for people whenever he gets a chance. But I, I think he, he has been able to back it up in the past, and, and certainly there's inconsistencies there with some of the drops mm-hmm. and things. But I think, um, you know, it, it all kind of starts with uh, getting your foot in the door. And, uh, again, it's a good spot for him with Cliff Kingsbury coming in. He'll he, He's known Hakeem Butler for, for the last four or five years, uh, recruited him a little bit, or at least uh, looked at him in the recruiting process and, um, Kyler Murray at quarterback. It's it, it'll represent. It'll resemble a Big 12 team a little bit, um, just based on what they want to do. So uh, again, I think both those guys found really good spots, and um, yeah, it, it makes you kind of itch for fall a little bit to see what these guys can get out there and do.
1: Well, speaking of itching from fall, we're still uh, ninety plus days away from getting to college yeah, but football we're, season. But it's double digits, no we're longer right, triple digits. Right. Let's look we're gonna, there. Half full, Trent Condon. <laughs> look at Mister Optimism over there. I love it. So these are some of the questions that pop up. But let's say something happens to Brock Purdy. I'm not wishing injury upon him or anything, but he has some kind of injury that he is out. What does the quarterback position look like? You got Real Mitchell. Dylan, you know my love for Real Mitchell. I've been a fan of his since his uh, high school days and the recruitment and, and his backstory. Incoming freshman, Easton Dean comes in. He was an early enrollee. He mm-hmm. went through spring practice. A couple other guys out of there as walk-ons. Yeah, Kohler's there. Uh, you got got uh, Blake Clark, who, who played at Dowling Catholic, in that quarterback room. What direction would they have? If something would happen to Purdy, what do you think the direction is? And it's September, and they're not going to have him the rest of the year. What direction does this football team go offensively at quarterback?
2: Yeah, it's interesting mm. because in the past, um, in 2017, when Jacob Park left the team, you saw Kyle Kemp... Um, step over Zeb Nolan no one to get that spot but I don't think that's the kind of and you know you can kind of equate that to what John Kohler would be this year for real Mitchell but I think from all all the signs that i've heard and, and, and the people I've talked to that real Mitchell would indeed be the the second string quarterback and be the guy that would go in and take those snaps and um, you know we talked all last year about him and how he could be used in that blaze package which is that special speed package that he could line up at the backfield or go out and catch a pass or or be used as kind of a decoy at times. But I think they've really, in this offseason, been working on with him on being a more true backup quarterback and, and sitting in the pocket, reading your progressions, taking off if you have to, but not looking to do that first. So I think that's kind of what, what they'd like and hope is is to have him be the guy that goes out there and does it and then have John Kohler with with his experience of being in a program like Oklahoma state. And then you'd have Easton Dean in the back who enrolled early um, and went through spring ball and then Blake Clark uh, back there as well, just to create a little bit of depth. So I, I think they'd probably steer toward Mitchell if something were to happen earlier or, or the middle of the year. Um, but, um, you know, uh, yeah, it, it'd be interesting to kind of see what uh, when we go back and talk to real Mitchell in the fall, what what he was able to gain over this off season because um, like you mentioned, he's been um the quarterback that's been in the, the program the longest out of everybody that's left. So I think that's kind of what makes them feel confident too is he has that base knowledge um to at least give himself a chance to go out and be successful if something were to happen.
0: Help me out with this one, Dylan, if you can. Uh I saw on Twitter over the weekend I saw I think the rivals had the, one of their football camps. Um and I was state, I'm pretty sure he's a twenty twenty kid, a quarterback, a lefty and I can't remember his name, but my God, this kid can really chuck it. Do you know who they were referring to—the lefty that's coming in, going to play the quarterback position?
2: Yeah, probably Aiden Bowman from. That's who it Minnesota. is. Yep, that's it. Yep, yeah, absolutely. And I know um, from from different people I've talked to, Iowa State is is really really high on him. Um, you know, I think uh, not to put too much pressure on the kid, but I think that he can come in and even elevate that position further. Um, his dad was um uh Bowman Ty Bowman from uh okay. Minnesota Vikings yep. was in the NFL for a while. Um and he's his high school coach too. So uh really high on that kid and um yeah, it, being a lefty is a little bit of a, a different um quirk to, to the yep. position. Um so I I think uh yeah, him him being committed early I I, I think has kind of staved off some of the, the other high majors that could come after him or the power five schools that could come after him but but, um, uh, yeah, a, a lot of tools and intangibles from that kid that I think um, people are excited about.
0: Great stuff, Dylan. Appreciate it. Enjoy your Memorial Day weekend. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you, Dylan Montz. Thanks, guys. Take care. Good to talk to you. Ames Tribune is where you can read Dylan and the entire paper over there. Travis Hines, the sports editor. At the uh, Ames Tribune, amestrib.com. Take a time out, Vinny Iyer, Sporting News. He was a Jeopardy contestant. How impressed is he with this run that this kid is
1: on? I found his stats. Vinny's. Vinny's. He, was, he wasn't He was in the college tournament. He was in college, though, when he was on Jeopardy. And he did win a game. He won three games. Did he? Three time Back champion. to back to back. How much money he make? Remember, this is before the money doubled. Okay. So. So he, Vinny was born at the wrong time. Yeah, he was. So what, when are we talking? 90s? 98. Okay. So he's still in so college. So not that far ago. I mean, not, nope. not that long ago. 20 some, 21 years. He brought home a total of $31,000. Good for Vinny. $31,900. Pretty, pretty good wonder how close, when you're in college.
0: I'll say. I wonder how close he was to making it a four peat
1: uh, he when got, he got knocked out. He got clubbed. Did it, he? It looks like here, yeah. His, uh, let's see, final Jeopardy score, 102 is all he had left afterwards. Ah, Didn't get any daily fighting. doubles in that final day. And we can talk about the clicker. I, I love Jeopardy. I love this. And I love the NFL. Yeah,
0: well. Vinnie right. Iyer. Two birds with one stone. Next, Trent hey, yes. Condon. Vinny Iyer, Sporting News, three-time Jeopardy champion, joins Miller and Condon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. 1460 KXNO. Close enough. Not exactly. Not exactly, but not bad. Welcome back. Miller and Con to Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Our buddy Vinny Iyer joins the program. Of course, you read Vinny at sportingnews.com, where he covers the NFL. He's a Northwestern grad. We always have fun with Vinny that week, the, the week that they play, uh, Iowa. Uh, but he's a three-time Jeopardy champion. Vinny, we looked it up today. Congratulations on the three-peat. Uh, that's good. That's really good, Vinny. Way to go.
3: Yeah, I feel I can be included with the Warriors now to get it done. <laughs> uh, it's one of the greatest uh, repeats ever.
0: So, no, but uh, it's that, all good. As Trent told me, though, that that was in a different era. 1998 doesn't seem that long ago. But the economics are certainly different in today's Jeopardy than they were when you played. Uh, had they been different, do you, do you know what you would have won in today's game or kind of a guesstimate what you would have won?
3: Yeah, I think it was just be about double. So it would have been uh, 75 or 80. So that's bad, but eh, you can't look back now because that's uh, over time, I would think inflation and other things have uh, probably has grown to that amount. So not bad uh, over the years to think that they've turned it into more of a phenomenon since I was on the show. And I think part of it is the big money and people are wowed by that. And, and, and you have this run of a uh, guy that has done what Ken Jennings did in 79 shows, I think in a quarter of the, as many shows. So it's
1: pretty impressive. It, it certainly is, and this has been a fun run for us uh, people that are Jeopardy fans. Vinny, I, I wanted to ask you, they do a lot of tournaments. Uh, they have past champions come in. Have you ever been asked? Have you ever gone back and gone into any of the other competitions, the tournament of champions that they have, anything thing along those lines? And if not, can you reach out, see if you can get back on there?
3: Hmm. Uh, maybe someday. I think uh, at that time, they had the old five-show limit.
0: Mm, so I wow, think I was
3: yeah. four. I was very close. So it was close, but it didn't have the same feel as it does now, where you have these unbelievable runs. I mean, you can imagine if uh, James was capped at five shows. Yeah. It would be kind of an outrage that he keeps rolling through people and he'd, he'd be limited, and he could probably not uh, maximize his uh, abilities there. So I think the way it is now, it's interesting. Some people find it. Kind of uh, hard to watch sometimes because of the jumping around the board and no real game being played. Where it's just basically one person and they're just withdrawing from an ATM for half half an hour. So <laughs> that's basically what the sh- that's what the show is now. So for some people, it's frustrating if you just are watching for the answers and questions and. You like this guy, then you're pretty happy. You
0: know, one more on this, Vinny, then we'll get to the NFL. for you. I, I yesterday there was seemingly a lot of Twitter. Uh, there must have been an interview done someplace with uh, some of the contestants uh, that James has been up against they weren't real pleased the way that they, that that he's playing the game I guess that they they got beaten like a drum uh but they seem to have some sour grapes almost like uh not that he cheated but he's playing it differently I, I, that disappointed me a little bit that you know the people are going forward seemingly uh sour grapes that they got beat by this guy did did they have a do they have a legitimate argument well
3: I think because your guys are doing a sports show. Let's uh, bring it back okay. to the analogy of sports: is that you have to make adjustments. And right. if your competition is better than you, then you got to figure this out. Right now, he's been on the show long enough. Where even if you were not in the green room, you should have seen him playing, and you should know the way he's playing, and you should play his way. Maybe try to win his way instead of trying to play your own way and try to win the game. So, and part of it is just he knows a lot. And another thing I think that's underrated about his game is. He's not, uh, so to speak, taking the shots that he knows he can't make. He's making the high-percentage shot and going for it and taking calculated risks. So everything he's doing is actually a very intelligent way to play. So so the bottom line is you have to change your game to beat him, and I think it's going to take another player of his caliber to uh, take him down. And I think it's going to be maybe one of those all-time players, the ones that we kind of Mm -hmm. saw from those all-star tournaments that we had going to have to be someone like that in the next wave maybe another young phenom there to get the job done otherwise it's going to keep going and I mean I can tell you just by the people that they put out there that it doesn't look good for him to win and I could have told you <laughs> that last night for sure but I, it's going to, have to take someone young with a fast mind and to make it get it done if, if not I think he's going to keep winning and uh, it'll be fun to see how far he can go
1: Vinnie, and I are joining us from the Sporting News and a three-time Jeopardy champion. Vinny, let's get into your other expertise, and that is the NFL. Up to the north in Minnesota, the Vikings, as they uh, go through OTAs, a lot of conversation about their tight end, Kyle Rudolph, and about his future, if it's going to be in Minnesota or somewhere else. What's the latest you're hearing there? And Rudolph, though he's still only 29 years old, shelf life and tight ends can end very, very quickly. If you're the Vikings, would you be thinking about shipping him out?
3: Yeah, I think you should, especially when you have Irv, Irv Smith, Smith there. Yeah. Ready to take. A, I, I think he's ready to play now. I think I had him in most uh, mock drafts I did as a first round. I think in the final mock draft, he might have slipped the second round. But I think if you're looking for a complete tight end after Haw- TJ Hawkinson, I mean, no fan's a very good receiver, but if you're talking about all the aspects, blocking in line and all that, I'd say Irv Smith was number two to Hawkinson. So I, I think you have to look at that and say, we're not going to sign him. He's a guy that, if you look at it, last year diminished return. Didn't play that well anyway. But to me, on the outside, I don't know why he has a lot of appeal. I guess the Patriots are just uh, throwing darts at guys. They have Benjamin Watson and Matt Lacoste and uh, Austin Kipari and jenkins So they're hoping maybe one of these guys <laughs> will stick to the wall and be what they want and uh, adequately replace that position. So maybe they're just looking to compile it. They've done that before at wide receivers. So it makes a lot of sense that they would be interested in just kind of cut whoever they don't want, and it could be Rudolph himself. So I I think they have to move on. I mean, I didn't see any chemistry there between Kirk Cousins and Rudolph either. So Mm -hmm. I think you have to keep in mind that I don't think in the past game diminished as a blocker. You're not going to pay him. I, I say you have to train him in,
0: in that circumstance. Uh, Vinny Iyer is our guest. Vinny, last week, late in the week, last week, you uh, you did a piece, uh, ranked the 31 stadiums, 31 stadiums in the uh, NFL. That's right, 32 teams, but um, that's not the case. We 31 stadiums. Um, I was glad to see, I'll be honest with you. I thought you would fall into the trap that the, that the latest is going to be the greatest, and they are great. I mean, U.S. Bank Stadium is, is pristine. Jerry's place is outstanding. But you went back to one of the oldest stadiums in the NFL for your number one, 1957. Sure, there's been some facelifts over Lambeau Field, uh, but Lambeau is number one in your book. You got the right one, Vinnie Iyer. Yeah, I mean, you,
3: you've never been there and for people that are listening to but you have to go to a game once there. If there's one NFL stadium you have to go to, people always talk about you know classic ballpark and baseball during tours there, and there's a lot of them that you want to go to before it's all said and done, even some of the more recent ones that have been built, like uh, Camden Yards and all that. But in terms of uh, NFL stadiums, I think there's a handful that you need to check out that might change the way you feel about the game or has that classic feel, and I think uh, Lambeau Field is definitely one of them. and I mean, the way Soldier Field right now, and you know Soldier Field is way down on rankings, the the renovation wasn't as good. Like, the Lambeau renovations were perfect. I think they kept the charm of the old stadium while also updating it where it's uh, modern with the facilities. And it's just tucked away, just uh, blocks away from a residential neighborhood. You just can't beat that. I think if you're looking at the modern stadium that has that same feel – because of the community and where it's located, and you would say it's uh, Seattle and uh, CenturyLink mm. because of because of the community feeling and how they get around the teams, and they have a different feeling there as well for MLS games.
1: Vinny, last thing for me, I'll let Ken finish up with you here. Over the weekend, Chris Long announced his retirement. Oh,
0: great question.
1: NFL career never lived up yeah. to probably the billing of a number two pick. Though a solid career, never lived up to what his dad did, Howie, but. Maybe off the field. Is, Got more rings. He's good. Yeah, that's a good call there. Maybe off the field, though, what he's going to be remembered more for, just what a charitable person and what a upstanding person that he was throughout his career.
3: Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's a guy that uh, I think had a solid career. I mean, I know where he was taken there in that draft uh, way high with uh, Jake Long there, who had a pretty good career himself with the Dolphins. But overall, you look at uh, – yeah, his impact on the game is just a good teammate, a good uh, community person, and and basically a good son and brother. If you look at it in this league where you don't have too many guys that uh, maybe get that respect uh, in that next generation, but he definitely does with everything he continues to do, and I think he'll continue to have a big impact. We just want him on the field.
0: Uh, Vinny, last thing. Uh, the Buffalo Bills are going to... Uh... Take number thirty-two off mothballs. They're actually going to let a player wear that this year. I'm not sure. I mean, would would you want to wear number thirty-two in Buffalo? I get why they're not retiring it. I mean, he's in the Hall of Fame. He's going to stay in the Hall of Fame. And I don't know if you need to honor O.J. Simpson. But would you want number thirty-two? Are the Bills doing the right thing, or should they have left this one, you know, in the uh, under mothballs at some somewhere?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's tough because it's hard to separate uh, those great days and what he did in the NFL, behind their offensive line and all that. Mm -hmm. They're one of their best eras. I I know there's the Super Bowl run, but this is a player that still people identify with that franchise uh, to this day. So, yeah, I think uh, as a team that has a long history, I think I would honor that and keep that number under wraps.
0: I'm with you. Vinny Iyer, thank you, Vinny. Great to talk Jeopardy with you. And, of course, the NFL. We'll talk to you in the weeks ahead. Thanks, Vinny Iyer. All right, thanks. Good to talk to you. Vinny Iyer, Sporting News, sportingnews.com for Vinny Iyer. Uh, we'll come back with the 11 o'clock hour. Zubin Mahente is a part of it. Hope you can be as well. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460, KXNO. KXNO. Now, today's biggest stories from the BMW of Des Moines Sports Desk. This is an X's and O's update on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460
1: KXNO. And I'm Trent Condon. Drake Softball saw their season end yesterday as they fell to Georgia 7-4 in the NCAA Tournament. The Bulldogs finished the year 43-15. The Iowa baseball team will look to extend their season as they begin tomorrow in the Big Ten Tournament. The eight-seeded Hawkeyes take on number 1 Indiana in the double elimination tournament for...